What's up and welcome to the single player experience. As always, I'm your host Sebastian Malden and you probably saw this in the description or the title of the episode, but this episode is going to be a bit different than the norm. So recently I was a guest on the X Button podcast, a really dope podcast you should check out featuring Paul and Alejandro where they talk about the gaming news that you need to know about and they do deep dives into video game reviews. So, in that episode, the three of us dove into the recent Nintendo Direct. We gave our impressions, the good, the bad, and everything in between, and what had us hype about that Nintendo Direct. So, Alejandro and Paul were nice enough to let me post that episode on the Single Player Experience Podcast, and that's what you're about to hear right after the intro. DJ, start the intro, man. This is the Single Player Experience, the podcast that helps single player gamers manage their video game backlog. I'm your host Sebastian Malden and my main quest is to help you manage your ever-growing video game backlog by letting you know which single player games are worth your time and money so that you can have the best single player experience. Now without further ado, let's start the show. DJ, cut the beat. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of The X Bottom, Season 3, Episode 5. I'm your host, Alejandro. With me is the 6.5 giant teddy bear defect. Paul, hey, everybody. How's it going? How you doing, Paul? 6.5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what's what's going on today, Alejandro? It feels like we got a lot to cover. Oh, we got our, our friend that we teased already that was going to be next week to talk about a certain game that came out this week. Uh, we got him in early because he reacted with us. Uh, thankfully, thanks to timing to the Nintendo Direct. Sebastian from the uh, Single Player Experience Podcast. How are you doing, Sebastian? I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you all for having me on. Always a pleasure to be on this show. And also a pleasure to just react to all this like video game goodness with y'all. Oh, yes. So quite a Nintendo Direct, I would say. It's like one that initially I was like, I'm not sure about this. Then they hit me right in the nostalgia feels. And then they showed a they little played bit more. Dirty. Yeah. They played dirty. And then they showed a little bit more of that uh, Breath of the Wild sequel. But I would say it was for I wasn't expecting anything after getting my hopes up in the last one. So and we talked about this at the earlier in the show, Paul. I would say it turned out better considering we were a little like not expecting much. <laughs> so we, we really lowered our expectations for the sake of it. And it's kind of a shame that setting our expectations low is the only way to feel happy in this uh, kind of industry but mm -hmm. here we are and we're gonna take joy wherever we can get it so oh absolutely um, so now we're moving into the news so paul press x press for some news all right so yeah, we just saw the Nintendo Direct and I have uh, the uh, thank you Warrior 64 for taking on the role of the Nivellian left in the boys. Oh, so yeah. I'm gonna kinda like read, but, uh, just like, just basically recap. We're gonna cut the first two stories, Paul. We're just gonna make it Nintendo centric today. Cool. So, so just like real quick, uh, Hogwarts Legacy broke a 1.2 million like concurrent like views on Twitch, which is insane for a game that everyone wants to boycott. And the Kingdom Hearts, uh, Soundtracks are now on Spotify. Those were the first few news. So now we're it's all Nintendo stuff from here from here on out. So 
at the Nintendo Direct, just real quick, the games that they were that were shown here, at least from what War 64 got in. Uh, it's, we started out with Pikmin 4 that is coming out on July 21st, 2023. Then they showed us uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, the expansion pass that volume three of the DLC is going to come out on, uh, and it's going to be available on February 15th. So that was the first thing from the first half for uh, the stuff that Nintendo was promised this was going to be a first half uh, direct. It felt like it was more 2023 in general. So they're lied a little bit there, but yeah, that's coming there. Then they, uh, they showed Samba the Amigo Party Central. That's a game from like Sega for like maracas and dancing rhythm. That's coming out on summer 2023. Dead Souls Castlevania DLC that we heard uh, was announced back at the Game Awards. Got a date for March 6th. So that's real soon. Then uh, we got Fashion Dreamer that it's just out this year. For everyone that loves fashion games, you have that. Around that time, we got Sebastian Trigionis in our reacts, which you'll eventually see <laughs> see live eventually there. And um, and then they announced the Ghost Trick, which is out this summer. It, this is like a, that weird sort of detective game that, or that I think Paul, you mentioned was like Phoenix Wright. It, it, it was when either it wasn't, like a yeah. spin-off directly or if it was like the, a similar team, I couldn't remember, but there was some kind of crossover between the two at one point. Yeah. Then uh, Tron Identity uh, out on Switch. That was the Mike Bethel game we, we saw back at the Disney at the Disney Showcase. Uh, Deca Police from developer level five. That game that I, th I thought it looked initially like uh, Astral Chain because it was like yeah, with yeah. the cops. But it was like the game that you all mentioned in the react was like both a persona and um, Tales of and, a ta and, and a Tales yeah. game. That's also just a 2023 game. Then uh, Splatoon 3, the expansion pass that includes two waves of new content. Wave one is in, in Incopolis, and it's out on spring 2023. And then wave two will be uh, something called the side order, which is they didn't date, but we know that is going to be coming whenever that happens. Uh, Disney Illusion Island, the game that looks like uh, Rayman, Rayman Legends from, from Ubisoft, got a date July 28th. So. Then after that, we got the announcement of the Fire Emblem Engage expansion pass, the Wave 2 that is also out today. Then uh, Harmony, the Fall of Reverie, the game from Dawn Knot that had like a cool art style. That that, that was the first thing actually in our in our reacts that Sebastian said was the first thing that actually looked interesting and cool and new from like the things that we were seeing at the time. Then uh, they announced that the Octopath Traveler 2 demo is out today and uh, tr say that is gonna transfer to the full game like Square Enix has been doing with everything except for Spoken. So, Sea of Stars also announced with a demo out today. I comes out on demo. yeah, comes out on. They were just probably saying it. We didn't see like them out today. Yeah. There were a bunch of stuff that they were mentioning. So that's out on August 29th. So another thing from the second half. We love Katamari Reroll uh, Royal Reverie out on June 2nd. So what this tells me is that they were just saying the dates without putting the slogans there. So because that was another one that just transitioned in the in the direct. Yeah, that's right. Then Etrian Odyssey Origins collection that con that contains the first three Etrian Odyssey uh, Odyssey games from Atlas comes out on June first. Good luck with that. With uh, Diablo literally around the corner there. Uh, Advance Wars finally coming out on April twenty first. Sebastian was hoping it was gonna be like a, the day of drop. They decided to do that with another game. <laughs> so. Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Uh, they uh, announced the Magalore Epilogue, which is like an, an, an add-on to that they're doing for this Deluxe Edition. The demo's also out today after this Direct. And that game comes out on February 24th. 
then to me the big one was that Game Boy was confirmed for the Switch Online. It was it includes games like Tetris, Super Mario Land 2, Link's Awakening DX, Gargoyles Quest, Game and Watch Gallery 3, Alone in the Dark: The New Nightmare, Metroid 2, Warland 3, and Kirby's Dreamland. And they all will have either Game Boy, Game Boy Pocket, or Game Boy Color filters. And they also announced that if you have the expansion pack, you're going to get Game Boy Advance games, including Super Mario Advance 4, which is uh, Mario Mario 3, Wario War Inc, Kuru Kuru Kururin, Mario Kart Super Circuit, Mario Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, and Zelda Minish Cap. Plus a bunch of other games are coming later, including my beloved Metroid Fusion. Then the greatest announcement of all time happened. Metroid Prime is actually happening. It's coming as a remaster to the Switch today, as a, as the uh, as a shadow drop, and it's the Sebastian Tolles. It's forty bucks, so not a sixty dollar game. And physical <laughs> version available on February twenty second. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, then they announced Rain Code, which is the game from the Danganronpa people. That was that detective game. Yeah, yeah. They That's gave it a date for June thirty. Yeah, for June thirtieth. That was also announced last direct. They just uh, now they put a date. And Bad and Kaido's one and two HD remastered. These were RPGs from the Bandai Namco that were like in the GameCube. So those are also coming this year on available on summer 2023. Fantasy Life I, the game that looked like uh, Animal Crossing with Seller, is coming also in 2023. We can move on from that. Professor Layton's coming back, which as our friend Sebastian noted and uh, noted in our reacts, uh, that's a uh, they used to be like a eShop game that's no longer that's no longer available. So mm-hmm. now Professor Layton is going to be available like on Switch. I don't know if this is like a new game or yeah, this remaster. looks like a new okay. new installment. This looks like a new installment to the Professor Layton's like series. Yeah, so maybe eventually they remaster the old ones then. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Wait for the DLC. So if you still have the expansion pack, you get the, this four DLC for free as part of your subscription. And then they made a, a bunch of montage of games, like including uh, games like Minecraft Legends that's out on April 18th. The game Blunk that's out on February 14th. Uh, Mega Man Battle Network Collection that's out on April 14, 2023. Uh, Sebastian's number 10, uh, most anticipated game of the year, Have a Nice Death, coming out on March 22nd, 2023. Then uh, the baseball game, WBSCE Baseball Power Bros, also another shadow drop for today. Uh, 99 cents. Yeah. (laughs) So 99 cents. (laughs) Not a lot. I'm looking at it right now at the e-stores. 99 cents. That's amazing. (laughs) I don't know how you made a direct as a 99 cent game, but shout out to y'all. Yeah. Uh, Disney Disney Dreamlight Valley gets a new realm update. They announced it for April 2023. That's going to be obviously for all platforms. Tales of Symphonia Remastered out on February 17, 2023. And then we got more clips for... That for for Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and that game is a still, small indie game named yeah. Zelda. <laughs> yeah, so that, 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 that just kind of like that. You just throw it out there at the at, at the very end, just like now Link will be able to like drive cars and like a freaking uh, what's the ship the like, a, like a hovercraft. So mm-hmm. I mean, they put a freaking motorcycle in the last game, so yeah, anything's possible now. Oh yeah, as a DLC, you need yeah, to get the DLC, DLC for that. Um, wasn't that free or am I crazy? No, I think that was part of the expansion, expansion pass. You're right, mm-hmm. you're right. Uh, but yeah, shoot. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, and uh, it, this would be a story for later that we're gonna gonna read because this was from the BGC. Nintendo briefly listed Zelda Tears of the Kingdom for seventy dollars in the eShop. We can confirm that it's actually seventy dollars. So that hurts my heart. Yeah. It so does. top level thoughts. What were your thoughts on this direct, uh, Sebastian? 
I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I, uh, I like aspects. I like how the, mm-hmm. for a Nintendo fan, there's a little something for everyone. Mm-hmm. I am a little disappointed in the sense that. 90% of this direct and I kid you not I'm li- when you were listening at it out I was like I was checking off the boxes mm-hmm. 90% of these games are older games like mm-hmm. where they're just remastered or ports and I'm like I I think that's fun and fine for the people who want to really have nostalgia like games for nostalgia purposes but I ultimately like it it, it sort of feels that narrative that's sort of been popping up every now and then of mm-hmm. like how are we going to remember this switch generation like mm-hmm. whereas like when you look at the gamecube when you look at like the gamecube the 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 game boy the game boy advance include the 64 those games were packed full of games that when you look like where you kind of like get excited to hear about like oh the gamecube games are going to be ported oh game boy games mm-hmm. are going to be ported over when we have like two generations from now when they're saying hey we have a switch uh, like the switch games come into the online service what games are we going to be really excited about and i'm you know like this direct sort of mirrors that kind of narrative of like where are the new games Mm -hmm. you know and i i think this is a good direct but i do kind of miss that new new aspect from it you know yeah i can i can see that Uh, how about you paul i think um i balance this weird knife's edge between terrible cynicism and uh ignoring all the bad sides for mm-hmm. the sake of ide- uh, idealism and this kind of has me in this weird middle ground right now because on one hand it's got all of the earmarks for things that i'm like i like that that sounds good and then if you have any sort of knowledge about like where nintendo is in general it almost sours everything about you because on the surface level you're like that's the thing i recognize that makes me excited i'll spend money on that that's the whole point of what they want to do Mm -hmm. because they don't either have anything or they refuse to release new things for the sake of printing money on old things that they hold hostage so that the tech literally moves further than you can literally play the game that you liked to force you to buy it again. And on that side, it's like, that is really scummy and terrible practice. Uh, The fact that it works is like disappointing to no end. Um, And then whenever it hits that specific button that you get excited for, you feel almost bad that you're excited for it you know mm-hmm. and it's like like you are not immune to propaganda it's, it's really just that in the end and uh it's a real shame that there's always that one thing in each of us that it's like i will cave for that specific thing mm-hmm. and i know it and i hate it about that and it almost like makes me not want to enjoy the things that they make at a certain point because i mean that's like you can't you have to vote with your wallet, you know, mm-hmm. um, in the end, because they're not going to listen to anything else. But um, then it's like it's inevitable that you're going to cave for something in the end. So I kind of find myself just kind of trapped here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My thing is that uh, with Nintendo has always been the thing that to me, they, they're always going to be like my nostalgia box. I have just come to realize that from them that they do announce new stuff like fairly often, not from their own st- like not, not from like their own developers but sometimes with the partnerships that they do and none of that really ever speaks to me obviously because nintendo is my it's not my primary box we have a as Sebastian, we have a fellow friend with me between me and paul his name is parker uh, he goes by he, he goes on youtube 
by the name it's JOK and also by on Twitch, he is a big Nintendo fan. Like he actually like tries to play almost everything that Nintendo does. Like that he actually makes that his primary system in a way that I can't imagine ever doing. So I can imagine a lot of the stuff announced here would be like, hey, they're giving them something to eat. And to be fair with Nintendo, it's like when uh, me and Paul did our year end review of of 2022 for like all the three manufacturers we read the games that they released nintendo released a bunch of stuff in 20 in 2022 it was just not stuff that spoke to us so i always try to rem uh, remove myself from that and it's just so funny that it's rare that i get excited about anything new from them it's been a while since that has happened in fact i think the last time i got excited about something from them was luigi's mansion 3 mm -hmm. so can you imagine like how long how long ago that was so and also me being like, I play, I played a bit. Like I know Zelda: Breath of the Wild is like this really amazing game that revolutionized that some open world design and all that. I get, I think I, I get a stick on my butt with people calling it the greatest game of all time. I just because I just disagree with that, and I like, I like being in the other side because I just don't feel that way. But mm -hmm. that to me is sort of exciting because to me that Breath of the Wild is still the best game I played on the Switch. So even yeah. though now we got the confirmation it's gonna be ten dollars more expensive and what that could mean for like Nintendo games going forward. To me, just the fact that they hit me in the things that I wanted out of it. It's like GBA being, the GBA library being brought in. Imagine whenever like they shock people, it's like Pokemon Gold, Silver, Yellow, all of those are gonna be there in the in, in, the, in the service. Me, they got me with Metroid Fusion's coming soon. I own like my favorite Game Boy Advance game of all time. Metroid Prime, like it being shadow dropped today and me like, Singing the praises of the Prime series and being so like crestfallen with it being stuck on GameCube is like those are the things that that's what gets me excited. But from a new stuff, I get your perspective, Sebastian. Like it's like it's crazy. It feels like we got all the new stuff at the front at the front end of the Switch, and now like they have been coasting by on their success since then. And if this reinforces that, so yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question, and I like both of y'all, and I don't mean to be like cynical. Um, I don't want no, to be the cynical. We want, no, be the cynical. We have to balance this out. Usually, it's Alejandro being the cynical <laughs> one yeah, too, so yeah. that's really nice. <laughs> I, you know, um, I don't, I don't want to be that way, but like, I want to ask you. So, if this was PlayStation putting mm -hmm. out this, the, putting out this level of, um, let's say their state of play to where mm -hmm. like they had majority 90% of the games were remastered games mm -hmm. or ports and then they just ended it with say I'm gonna use God of War 3 for an example mm -hmm. like let's say they announced uh, a sequel to Ragnarok do mm -hmm. you think that you, I feel like the discourse would be a lot more heated than what it would be for this direct yeah to you be fair, what I mean yeah to be fair to that like we have to like remember also the early years of the PS4 mm -hmm. a lot of remasters also and a lot of people were critical toward, toward, towards them also around that time because it's like we're basically just getting your old crap again. Like, where yeah. is like the new? Where is the new crap? To be fair to them, like in the PlayStation Four era, for example, a lot of those games, like we got them late because they didn't know the PS Four was gonna hit. Everyone, if you remember, when we got into that generation, the Wii U was a disaster. Everyone was like, uh, "All the uh, console, like consoles, gaming is dying. Look how the Wii U is like bombing. It's like the PS4 and the Xbox and uh, whatever the next Xbox is is gonna come out and no one's gonna buy them. It's gonna, all gonna be mobile. And then those consoles like shocked everyone. Be like, no, people want consoles. Crap, we gotta make games now. So that's why the 2016, 2017 era onwards from that generation was so good because they, they, they really nailed like they they got remasters to kind of like caution them to before we got the new stuff and eventually we got the new stuff. 
Nintendo has been the opposite. We got the new stuff at the beginning and now they're just cautioning us with old stuff in its later half. At around the time that we know that they're being so successful that makes it feel like Nintendo's just kind of coasting on their success and just don't really care because they know mm-hmm. everyone just got, wants to buy them. And they had the benefit that out of the three, they got everyone by the balls with the nostalgia that they can, yeah. get, that they can get you. In a way that I don't think PlayStation can. If this was a state of play for them and it was just remaster stuff, it would, I think, in the other side, because Sony conditions people with new stuff, they would get criticized. Oh, yeah, they get, like, beat to hell and back. But, you, I'm like, but, you know, like, PlayStation now is starting to, like, have that portfolio to where, like, they can also, like, milk that nostalgia. I don't want them to because, you know, like, I, I like news. New is, like, I, I mean, want to see. We're going to get a Horizon news. remake for some reason that is just five years old. It's like... <laughs> And people cr- rightly have criticized them for that. People like, yeah. it wasn't until part one came out and they were like, okay, Last of Us part one, maybe it wasn't necessary, but it was actually really good what they ended up doing with that ga- mm-hmm. with, with that version of the game. You can even attest to that, Paul. You were not excited until you actually had your hands and be like, oh, I can play Rambo like I did part two. <laughs> like, you are like doing it. It's like, yeah. okay, you couldn't do that in the original. It's like, they, in the end, justified it even though it was hard. It's just that it feels like they're not treading in, uh, if they're bringing stuff back, they're doing it in a way that makes them really feel new. Like, yeah, I feel and they, like, you know, like when you think think of like the the PS2 era, one of the most successful eras of gaming of all time. You know, like that has a catalog that I would say it, it goes toe to toe with almost every Nintendo catalog of of like if you were to pick like the Game Boy catalog versus the PS2 catalog. There's an argument on you know like they're they're tit for tat so to speak. But you don't see PlayStation like going to that well of saying like hey we're going to just like lean on nostalgia to carry us you know. Mm-hmm. And I, again I like this direct. I think this direct was really good and it had a lot of things going for it. I just I I I want to point out though that there is like. I wish they would have leaned closer and a little bit harder towards like giving us some new stuff to where it validates like, hey, you you should have the Switch because this is the only place you can get these new fresh games versus like half those games are going to be Steam Deck games. No. Uh, I think that that's that's kind of the point I was in that. Yeah, and usually that's how I see a Nintendo Direct in a way that sometimes I see what I'm going to be eating on my own systems because a mm-hmm. bunch of those games can sometimes also overlap that and, yeah. and come in the, in the systems that we actually are invested in. So, like when we saw Chain Deckos, for instance. Mm-hmm. That, was on, that was on the Direct. <laughs> that, that, that was going to be on Game Pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Paul, what had you most excited about this Direct? Mm-hmm. Uh his number yeah. four game of the year. He's number I mean, four most anticipated game. Probably, <laughs> but at the same time, I think I just like I've cooled off so much. I just want Tears of the Kingdom to come out. Just, just do. Yeah, I feel you're in the point how you've been hearing it for a while. It's been like four years now. Yeah, even I, close to five. And now I have so many other games that are doing the cool things that I wanted out of a sequel to Breath of the Wild. Now mm-hmm. that I'm like, well. I mean, I hope it's going to do the things that we were hoping for. I want it to continue the story. I want it to give me more cool ways to break the game and the world Mm. and just find myself lost in it. But now they have so many quality of life changes in other games that are modern that it's like, are we going to step back in when Tears of the Kingdom comes out? And I'm going to have to just deal with that now. I will say... uh... So actually, you probably would agree with me with this. Some parts of that trailer absolutely look like Breath of the Wild DLC. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, it looks like parts. more Breath of the Wild. But mm-hmm. I mean, no. I, I think the, the curious thing is like, how does Breath of the Wild look and feel to a lot of gamers after, after. Elder Ring? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I, I kind of 
I wouldn't say I specifically didn't go back to Breath of the Wild after Elden Ring came out. It was just one of those, I don't feel like bringing my Switch out and dealing with all of that process. Because mm -hmm. like one of the things, it's going to sound dumb, but like uh, the fact that you can't take your horse with you wherever you go. And if you fast if you get too far, the, you if just have to, yeah, like, yeah. you're on your own. Best of luck to you. I um, did, uh, before we recorded our top 10 most anticipated games around that time, uh, I did try Breath of the Wild a little bit because I was testing that dock that I was selling you, Paul, mm. on the TV that I was, and we just wanted to see it, and the annoyances of that game is like, that, that, that to me is like what grinds me more, like when people call it the greatest thing ever, it's like, man, so people like their weapons breaking, they like their, the, the, the rain constantly happening, so then when you're like climbing, you're like sliding down the horse thing, it literally, that was my last thing that I did before we recorded, the horse thing, uh, I do. Like, I want to like clarify it though, because some people really, really do like the survival elements of mm -hmm. that. I mean, there's why there's a reason why the weird survival uh, bubble didn't pop mm -hmm. for many of them. You got Vanaheim, you got your Rust, you've got your Ark, and it's like that's what people love about it. And people really love those survival aspects put into Legend of Zelda because one, that was what was popular when Breath of the Wild came out. Mm -hmm. out and two it's like it added this level of things and yeah and i feel zelda being zelda is what got people into embracing survival stuff i feel like an ip like we talked a lot about this paul something's yeah. like you do not like genres but a genre a genre you don't like being put like on an ip that you actually do like is what something's make you trudge in because you just it love that world palatable so um, Maybe sometimes that's what happens. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't. But yeah, I think that's exactly what happens. And I think that's why stuff really succeeded after the fact, because it primed people to be more okay with those gameplay choices. And I think it's one of those like, you can make the best apple pie in the world, but you're going to find somebody who doesn't like apple pie. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happened here, where it's like Legend of Zelda did a really great job adding its survival elements. But then you have a lot of people that really don't like survival games mm -hmm. saying, wait, this game isn't all that good because of those reasons that a lot of other people like it i'm i'm on the former where i'm like i don't like survival elements really at all and i think it took yeah. me until breath of the wild to be like yeah no i don't like that concept. and since because I, then i tried playing survival games outside of breath of the wild and i didn't like them and so it, i think it, 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 it proves that it proves that correct but hey we're gonna have such a by may 12th we're gonna see all the 10 out of 10s we're gonna see all the people calling it the greatest things in sliced bread and I'm already bracing myself. <laughs> so, but I also can't wait to play it. It's my, it was my eighth, ninth most anticipated game of this year because I'd really want to see it and see if they fix things. So, so real quick, like I just have to kind of remain here in the, in the Nintendo news. I'm going to read a few from that were, that they were also going to talk about Paul here. So we hinted at this at the, um, at our reacts that we recorded, um, so the first story I want to read from like BGC by Andy Robinson was Nintendo is raising its employees based salaries by 10% in Japan. The decision follows calls by Prime Minister Fumio Kishida for Japanese companies to pay workers more as inflation takes hold in the economy, Reuters reports. It's important for long-term growth to secure our workforce, Nintendo President Shintaro Furukawa told in, er told in an earnings briefings. Reuters knows that for Japanese companies that can afford to do so, higher salaries help attract talent in a country where a falling birth rate and low immigration have led to labor shortages. So, this was the first thing that popped up this week, which was interesting that we heard that news because immediately after, we got story number two, Paul, which was Nintendo's stock price dropped 7.5% after latest financial results. 
The company lowered sales targets and said exchange rates were partly to blame for a decline in profit. The company's Tokyo Stock Exchange price dropped from 5,624 down to 5,221 yen, its biggest drop in over a year. The drop puts Nintendo's share price back to roughly where it was in January 2022, when it dropped to 5,192 yen and suggests a negative reaction to the publication of Nintendo's latest financial results on Tuesday. In its results for the nine, first nine months of fiscal year 2023, Nintendo said its net sales were down 1.9% at 1,295 billion yen, which is 9.9 billion in dollars, if you want to know, and net profit was down 5.8% at 346.2 billion yen to 2.6 billion dollars. The company said fluctuations in foreign exchange markets had contributed to sales and profits declining, despite strong sales of Switch games and hardware. And uh, then a third story real quick, that, that just to add to that, Nintendo says it's not planning Switch price cuts as its console business enters uncharted territory. Company plans to grow Switch 122 million install base with new and classic titles. A story by Tom Ivan also from BGC. The company announced this week that Switch shipments had reached 122.55 million units as of December 2022, a feat only better by its Nintendo DS handheld 154.02 million units, and Sony's PlayStation 2, 155 million. However, Nintendo also said it now expects Switch hardware sales for the current fiscal year ending in March to total 18 million, down from 23 million units a year earlier and 28.8 million the year before that. Given the downward trend as Switch prepares to enter its seventh year on the market in March, during a financial results briefing this week, Nintendo was asked what its vision for the future life cycle of the console is. In his response, Nintendo President Shintaro Furukawa admitted it would be tough to continue selling the console at previous levels, but the price cuts aren't the solution it's currently considering. We believe that we are now entering uncharted territory within our dedicated game console business, he said, translated by BBC contributor Robert Stephenson. Within this environment, it will not be easy to sell hardware at the same pace as before. As a result, we realize that our new challenge will be convincing consumers who are considering new purchases, replacement purchases, or additional purchases to pick up the Nintendo Switch. With a company yet to announce a Switch successor, Furukawa said Nintendo aims to grow the console's user base by continuing to support it with both new and classic games. Regarding hardware, we believe that there will be opportunities for new customers to purchase our products by proposing both new and classic titles. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this chicken's kind of dry. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, um, I was just going to say, you need some water, man. You've been reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over here. Yeah. So, in, in the end, um, there's a lot of Nintendo stuff going on. Basically, with the weird timeline between them clearly planning all of these quick things out between the, hey, we're going to raise everything. Mm -hmm. uh, for the employees' base salaries, followed quickly by revealing their financials and dropping 7.5%, mm -hmm. and then raising the price of something like Tears of the Kingdom and claiming that they're not cutting the price of the Switch. It, it's just like a weird domino effect out of all this stuff that was clearly planned up. And yes, if you know what this feels to me, you know what this feels to me, they're holding on to dear life <laughs> to the Switch. It's like it's like it feels like a boat that may have got hidden by a bullet is like it's still like going by it may be sinking a little bit it's still but it still will make it to the destination they don't you know, feel they have to panic yet 
it kind of strikes me as like a goose that lays the golden egg thing where like they don't quite understand what made the switch so good that they're so afraid of moving on that they're worried of another wii u situation Mm -hmm. where like they think they understood what made the wii do really well and then so they made the wii u and then it freaking crashed and burned and they're like oh god what what's going on what do we do and then they just threw everything together and then put out the switch and was like oh wait we did good again yay No, better than we ever done. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I I think they're worried about losing the lightning in the bottle that they have with the Switch, that even though the power is so low on it that they don't even want to touch it because they're afraid it's going to fall apart and not work anymore. Here's also what's interesting. The Switch has never received a power cut, ever. It has been a 299 console since it came out in March 2017. The price cut, quote-unquote, was getting Switch Lite. The 199 version on 2019, I think it was. And obviously we got the OLED that's 349. So that one's a little bit more expensive, but it's basically the same machine. It's like, I feel at this point it's like, it's just such a profit driver for them that even as everything is just being inflated, that they feel like it has given them so much profit before that that still is not gonna cut so much into the profits so they can afford to keep it there. Even yeah. though they have a console competitor in the Xbox Series S being in the same price point. And- I- I think the real competitor is that Steam Deck. Yeah. I don't think they even think about Xbox, so mm-hmm. to speak. I, I think they look at that Steam Deck and being like, hey, that does the exact same thing we do. It's only a it's only $100 cheaper. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, it's taking the indie market away from us, so to speak. It's not, yeah, you know, you taking it away. everything on Steam, yeah. not just your old games, like your old games. And, and the thing is that the... Because people tend to forget the Steam Deck because they had that soft launch last February mm-hmm. because it was like sign on to eventually you will get it in waves and all that, that everyone that plays the steam deck freaking loves it mm-hmm. because it's like that is the switch pro that is what people have been wanting like seven like six seven years after this thing came in the idea of like a powerful thing where you can play fallen order on the go or god of war on the go because those games were on pc it's like they uh i feel like right now they, they are nintendo still in their ivory tower but Depending on how Valve handles Steam Deck going forward, I'm glad that I always see Steam Deck verified in a bunch of like PC. I don't know if you see it, mm-hmm. Sebastian, that so many games like they announce a PC version and eventually they're like Steam Deck verified. Yeah, like Hogwarts uh, Legacy, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's one of those things to where I'm like the market, though, it's like everything is leaning up against Nintendo in the market and where like the IO, um, the IO portable device is also like mm-hmm. a low key competitor, even though it's priced extremely high at this point. Like that one, the One X player, which is another Steam Deck alternative, which just hit the market. Mm-hmm. The um, GPD um, Win Four, which is like another. It's like a sidekick kind of like Vita, but it's also mm-hmm. playing PC games at the at this point. I'm like, there's so many, there's so many competitors that are entering into that that portable space that they're not the only game in town. But um, before we like go on, I wanted mm-hmm. to say like everyone is facing this uh, this economic difficulty as far as like where we're at in in the in the economic state it's just the way these companies are reacting are kind of telling us like how either one how well run they are or two how customer focused they are Mm. and i think i hate to say this and you know because i've been a little negative on this show but like this (laughs) nintendo's giving me a little bit of of netflix vibes right now to where like Mm -hmm. they're making anti-customer friendly moves to where the blowback is like the blowback substantial and people are upset about the way they they're implementing these new new phases yeah and i think you can attribute that 100 to the price increase of, of tears of the kingdom 
It's like, mm -hmm. because there's like just no way that you can look at that game like from, if you want to compare objectively with like with its uh, quality, some people would say like what Zelda sell as a video game is better than everything else in the market. But it's like when you look at other games that are in that price point that look so much exponentially better, run better. It's like it's a harder. It's gonna be like a harder sell, and then and they know they can get away with it because Nintendo. Uh, if something has proven Nintendo anything this generation is that they have pushed the ball. So they, they, they keep like pushing the ball on how far can we get away with this kind of things. To me, the big one was like, it started with the Skyward Sword Amiibo that locked behind fast travel. Like yeah, it was 25 was bucks. And I don't know if you remember, Paul, like, I went on a whole tirade and I had to like go back and forth with our friend Parker. I don't think I could forget. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was it was a heated. It was a heated moment in our chat because uh, because and that that shows me it's like so many people are going to bat for Nintendo. They defend everything. Then to me the other one was uh, the thirty-five dollar increase, the thirty-five dollar increase for the Nintendo Switch Online for the yeah. for the for the expansion pass. Uh, yeah, and then the the three Mario games where they released the Mario collection and until like March thirty first. Until thirty first, and then they removed it. <laughs> yeah and i mean and also charge full price for that and mm -hmm. you know like that that to me seems rather steep for a game that's just ported over so to speak and not only that with like it. that would that, that's one of like the most low effort remasters in recent memory that that three collection like no improvements at all no mario yeah. sunshine at least got put in widescreen and in 1080p but it, that was just yeah. they were just like uppresses that's it that, that's just what they are the games were exactly the same but they were charging 60 bucks the fact that Metroid is 40 is actually kind of surprising because I could have sworn it was going to be like a $60 game just based on prior. I, I think with the, the, all the bad news today, I don't think they thought they could got, get away with 60. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's just because <laughs> it was hit after hit after hit after hit. And, mm -hmm. you know, like they didn't say anything about any of the bad news in the direct. They're like, hey, we'll like foreshadow that in the the times to come because they didn't want the pr like candle of yeah hey like hey our games are gonna be 70 dollars and, and if we saw with hi-fi rush uh just a week or two ago how long ago was the developer direct was it like two weeks ago so it feels like a yeah. month ago now but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah because what, what were you like, saying paul yeah no, I was like, I think it was a week, but yeah, it, it was, was like probably two, weeks. two. Yeah, it yeah, was probably two. Yeah, uh, a shadow drop does so much to like earn you like so much so goodwill. And so it felt manufacturing is like we're man, we're we're shadow dropping the Metric Prime, one of the greatest games we've ever made, like nine right now. And it's gonna it's not gonna be the price we usually is, but hey, we're like raising the prices over here. That's gonna be the thing going forward, blah blah blah. So yeah, I can see it's like it's it's interesting how they be like this whole week just with the news that got here. We're getting like all this different like tug and pull news from them. I and think it's like, also like a you know look like, at the cameo, Sebastian. <laughs> oh hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's really weird that you know like it's also going to be what forty bucks versus High Five Rush, which comes at came out at thirty. Uh huh. And you know like I I would argue quality wise, you know, with it being a modern game as mm -hmm. well, like they seem like they should be both the same price, you know. Yeah, it's just for just on the time and. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely can't wait to just give it a try to Metroid. I'm gonna I'm gonna be that sucker because <laughs> I think forty makes it a softer like deal. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like Paul said, we're all going to be a sucker for for something or another. Mm-hmm. There's something. Yeah, there's like, something there. It really lines up if like if overall we chain together on most things that go down, it's almost okay for like, all right, that's your one thing that you're allowed to kind of chill for, mm-hmm. and as long as hey, there's not all that. Hey, I I, I, I made my toxic Nintendo personality the nostalgia, so they got me there. <laughs> True. So and I will see if they get Metroid Prime 2. I doubt they will because that game kinda sucks. <laughs> I hated playing it, remember Paul? All my cursing at 1 a.m. playing through that game. <laughs> so I asked about the most anticipated game that you know after the direct. So is there a game that sort of like took you by surprise that you want to play? Out of this back? At this direct, yeah. Um, mm. honestly, Pikmin 4 is higher on my mm. like theoretical list than it was because I think it was in my honorable mentions. Uh, I don't know if it would dethrone anything because I can't even really remember what my top 10 was right now, mm. but <laughs> I I think it would uh, it would be higher than it was in my honorable mentions. I'll say this, uh, Sebastian, we got a date for uh, the your number 10. What was it? Uh, have a nice day. Have enough day. Yeah. That, now we got a, a solid date around the time that have, has already become a little bit more vacant since the since the delay for uh, Jedi Survivor. So I'm more excited that, to play that now because I know it's so close. I'm yeah. very like my I derive a lot of my excitement to how close I am to being able to experience something. So I hope that's I, like the death's door. I hope that's going to be this year's death's door to where mm-hmm. it's just going to take a lot of people by surprise and just be that that indie hit so yeah. to speak yeah. to where and like, not only that the same month that sells castlevania dlc being able to go back to that game as a castlevania mm-hmm. that's going to be so good to go back to so again the tiny stuff that's not even from them so mm-hmm. it was they were the direct just kind of gave us a gateway to solidify when we're going to be able to experience that but metroid i mean you saw my reactions like that's <laughs> that, that that was like my and the GBA, the GBA, the, the yeah. that one-two punch of the Game Boy stuff when Metroid, like all together, was like that was my, that was my Golden Eye moment. Because remember, uh, I, I, mm-hmm. I also, I also popped for Golden Eye oh, in yeah. the last direct poll. Oh, and sorry. I beat. Paul, uh, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but Paul, are you going to actually go back and play any of the the Game Boy games or Game Boy Color games? <laughs> I um I'm gonna be honest, like the the responsibilities of being an adult have pretty firmly meant that a lot of those ships have sailed for me. Um because the time that I do have, I would rather devote to like the bigger name titles that I know are coming out that I haven't played yet. And as much as I would love to revisit games that I played in the past, it's like I don't want to like buy a new subscription for the ones that I'm going to have to buy a subscription for because all of my money is tied up in everything else that I buy. Uh, This is like real adult hours here. (laughs) And then at the same time, everything else that I could buy on its own, it's like I've already got that slot filled with the time I'm going to be spending playing something else that I've already talked about. Like the top 10 is like the games I'm going to spend Mm -hmm. money on, not just the games I'm excited for. Yeah. So it's it's I think it's kind of the choice. The die is cast almost Mm -hmm. for me. Okay. yeah, you know what you want to play this year. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, I mean, like, uh, with Tears of the Kingdom, I knew I was gonna play that. My number nine most excited one. Right. So this didn't change. It didn't. Did this, this didn't move it up and it move it down? Maybe it move it down because of the price, but who knows? Especially I might be able to pick up Pikmin Four for like Christmas or something, but like mm-hmm. f- f- maybe pr- uh, Prime as well. Honestly, like just to know I played it because I've only so, watched a friend play it before. Paul, but... After we're done, we're gonna talk about an arrangement. So. 
All right, we'll talk about yeah. it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I, I'm looking at Tears of the Kingdom as one that, you know, I it wasn't super high on my list um, mm-hmm. that we mentioned on the show, but like it is one that I'm intrigued about because like I want to I want the game to be good because I don't want mm-hmm. Nintendo to fail contrary to like the, how negative yeah. I came across. And I think like at the very base, the game will be good because Breath of mm-hmm. the Wild was good. Great. Mm-hmm. I would even dare say it's just now everyone has taken their baton, the, the, the baton of like what they started and made it better for us. So. Yeah, I want it to be good, and I, but I also want it to be like I want I want people to review that game fairly, and I yeah. want to see like is this going to be a good game on its own merits, or is this uh, are the nostalgia of Breath of the Wild going to come in? Is this mm-hmm. are we going to get that same conversation that we got for God of War Ragnarok, where everyone was saying, "Hey, this is just more God of War," mm-hmm. and I'm like, I I'm so confused, I'm so curious on like the, the standards are yeah the standards of like how like. Uh, it always feels like it's a sliding scale and like mm-hmm. it just feels in bad faith that if you're gonna like criticize something for looking the same as one like you can't watch that that tears of the kingdom thing and not see that 80 percent of the things that they were showing were lifted from the previous one they just yeah. were so yeah. I, I i want it to be you know like i want it to be good i want it to be mm-hmm. great i wouldn't even care if this was the greatest game of all time like i i'm you know i I'd want be, to I, like to me i just imagine like the best case scenario what if tears of the kingdom is exactly the game that everyone tells me breath of the wild is a yeah. game that i actually like champion as like holy crap because paul knows me like i'm a sucker i'm a, I'm a sucker for the sequel that improves on things yeah. mm-hmm. what if it's that this so, might be the one yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm ex- I, I'm hopeful that this will be that that sequel that kind of because I'm like you I like I like sequels that kind of take what worked and kind of made it, everything better. Just I like last, that. Yeah, just last year we got that with Forbidden West and uh, and Ragnarok. Yeah. That's what they were those words. So. so I hope I hope that Breath of the Wild, I mean Tears of the Kingdom is everything we we want and more. I also want to shout out you know like Professor Layton um, mm-hmm. being a game that's you know that they didn't have to announce that that was a new game that mm-hmm. it, from a beloved series this game is I would probably say like D tier Nintendo it's not necessarily uh-huh. like A or B but like but a D tier Nintendo right now whenever they reuse so much feels like a B tier yeah it does yeah, uh-huh. it, so. it does it's like almost if they announced Cap- another Captain Toad game to where like it's not gonna set the world Captain, on fire but yeah, Captain Toad was so good it was like yeah. such an ingenious way of taking that mini game from was it 3d world mm, and making it i think so yeah and make and making it a full game so yeah it, it's one of those things to where like that octopath traveler i mean the baseball game for 99 cents the wbsc mm-hmm. um baseball game yeah just for being a buck makes me curious just for the lulz <laughs> i i, I think like, that's gonna i think that's, that's gonna burger speak to king them. game levels mm-hmm. of uh charm i i feel yeah and that that burger king game was better than it needed to be i remember it so vividly both of them it was like the racing game and the sneak king ah sneak king yeah that that was exactly what i was thinking about but yeah it is it's one of those things to where i'm like they they've had some bangers here i mean you had um blanc looks interesting from gearbox um that's on next week yeah. yeah i mean block looks interesting um minecraft legends i that game doesn't speak to me at all like you know i yeah. throw it out the window as far as i'm concerned but like that's going to speak to a lot of people and it, it yeah. looks like it runs well on switch surprisingly so mm-hmm. a shout out to that and then the mario kart deluxe like that the fact that they added birdie and added um a lot of the um and apparently dash. i was re- and i was reading that an actual new track with the yoshi's island thing that was not in the previous uh 
in, in, in a previous uh, Mario Kart. This one from what I was reading from the Wario 64, uh, 64 thread. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. It, was, it wasn't just a remaster of an old track. It was like they actually made a new one. Yeah, yeah from the Mario World game. I'll say with the, with, mean, the way they, World. with the way they have expanded that, like Mario Kart is like, why would you need another Mario Kart? It's like so massive. It's kind of like, why would you need another Smash? More and yeah. more, I kind of respect it because everybody always complains it's either one or the other and you can never have both where it's like, oh, why don't you just make a new sequel to it? But then you split the game, uh, mm-hmm. the, the game base. Now it's like, well, that's the answer. You make the one and then you keep iterating on it and making it better. And Mario is in such a way, Mario Kart specifically is in such a way that you can just keep doing that. And then everybody has the same game yeah. already. And people never stop buying it. That game just kept, yeah, yeah Mario Kart just kept selling. It's insane I'm, how much Mario Kart, uh, Mario Kart 8 sells. I'm gonna be real with you. Like I, you know, like to praise Nintendo for a second, I completely love that model of of the way they're doing things because destiny does the exact same thing they just basically put out you know destiny 2 withstanding but like they just keep building off of destiny 2 and Mm -hmm. this is something i would love to see in the sports franchise like the sports games to where like instead of you doing a yearly iteration just throw us a couple of like updates or maybe we can buy a 20 dollar like refresh every year especially especially as you mentioned especially right now the sports games are the worst they've ever been because they can no longer keep up with the yearly uh with a yearly installments. develop installments without like the game suffering so they would benefit a lot it's just unfortunately that a lot of people are just so used to the idea of like that's your big purchase of the year year in and year out so they're kind of like tied to that but i feel those could be the ones that they could do like a, just just keep updating it it's like and keep making it like that way you keep iterating in that same version and make it even better like the, the the changes are like more subtle instead of having to make like a full new game where you have to like be taking features in and out like they do so yeah i would you know i would almost stagger my teams to where like one team is the update team to where like you're just working on different skins you're working Mm -hmm. on different updates throughout the year and then like while the update team's going i'd also have a development cycle to where like that development team can like so like you do a game every three years that development team can really push the push the software forward and push like innovation forward for those three Mm -hmm. years of development and then boom when that new game comes out it, it comes out with like all guns blazing it has features that we haven't seen before maybe it takes like a street mode from like the old street games and such like that and actually like Ooh. has a whole game within a game sort of thing uh, and then... just street games nba street fifa street exactly they exactly. were so good exactly <laughs> whether they like especially for me i hate paul knows this i hate sports games specifically yep. fifa i hate them but like with all the passion of my being and the street games were the ones that i was like these are actually fun they're not pretentious so you know i was really surprised um that we didn't get a mario sports game here because i thought we were going to get like the baseball one yeah considering how the last two years of sports games have been with uh golf and uh, strikers i'm glad it's a shame strikers honestly was that that one bummed me out hearing that it was so bare bones i was like damn you it's like that was the one that i wanted yeah so even volleyball yeah i mean not volleyball but tennis tennis oh, yeah. and also tennis, yeah exactly it was like mm-hmm. tennis, and that was even years golf, before strikers mm-hmm. and i yeah. don't think we've gotten any baseball others. baseball would be the next one if they that's ever that, be, yeah. yeah yeah that's what i was thinking i was just like we're just missing baseball at that point yeah, and, I see that. and but i was really shocked that we're not gonna get that but you know i wouldn't be surprised if the the mario sports like team is working on baseball next probably I just hope that they release full. It's like I, I feel like uh, the Nintendo, like the way the Nintendo sold those games, 
shameful, like absolutely shameful that uh, that then eventually they got into where they were. But at that point, it's like the side has already passed. So yeah, I would say that would conclude our like talk with Nintendo. This Nintendo centric podcast. Uh, yeah, right. Paul, uh, read us a release, the game releases for the week of February 12 to 18, 2023. All right, let's hear this. Blanc. Uh, first one on here going from stop it uh, coming for <laughs> switch and pc on february 14th journey to the savage planet on playstation 5 xbox series x and s place uh, on february 14th souls of chronos on playstation 5 switch and pc on what february that? 14th that sounds New like a Raider cool name reloaded ah. on ios and android on february 14th wanted dead on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC on February 14th. A lot of Valentine's Day. Yeah. Nero, the new, a new era on PC on <laughs> February 15th. Returnal, PC version on February 15th. Shadow Warrior 3 on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, February 16th. Mm-hmm. Obviously, next-gen version of an existing game. Yeah. Or, PS4 uh, version came out last year. Yes. So. Theatrhythm Final Bar Line on PlayStation 4 and Switch on February 16th. Gigantosaurus Dino Kart on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on February 17th. Tales of Symphonia Remastered on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch on February 17th. And The Settlers New Allies on PC February 17th. Wild Hearts rounding it out on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC on February 17th. From all of those, I'm interested to see how Wild Hearts does because that's the Monster Hunter competitor. Yeah, I hope it does well just to give them some competition. Yeah, Yeah, but then it's like, I hope that because I I scheduled you for next week, uh, Sebastian, because next week is because all I want to play is Hogwarts Legacy, so. Already, I'm gonna be on it. I'm gonna be on it, let's go. Because you're getting it all right on Friday. Paul and I, like plopped up the deluxe edition so i've been uh i've been playing it for the last couple of days yeah. i gotta say it's it's pretty tight honestly yeah we what we happened? held uh, yeah we held off on saying our thoughts because we want to yeah. like share it whenever you joined in but okay. yeah we're playing it uh, i wasn't expected to have you here to, 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 this week sebastian so i was pleasantly surprised i were able to get you in so but yeah next week all about hogwarts oh yeah I, for sure i'm excited yeah so that means uh, you gotta put down prime alejandro you gotta go play it yeah, I have to finish Hi-Fi Rush first. <laughs> so, oh how far are you into the game? Chapter nine. Okay, so you're you're pretty much there. Yeah, yeah he's pretty Ch- much chapter there. nine out of twelve. And then uh, I'm gonna, for the sake of the show, I'm gonna like focus on Hogwarts for next week. Uh, let me ask you, like, uh, like say we were doing a game of the year power rankings right now, mm-hmm. to where like you were like yeah. ranking the games as they came out. Is this as Hi-Fi Rush on your power rankings number one so far? No, it's not um, on one. Yeah. I it's think probably that, two right now. For me, it's Dead uh, Dead Space remake. Then it might honestly be Hogwarts Legacy, and then Hi-Fi Rush, and then Forspoken. So that's the thing. I played a little bit okay. of Hog- I, I played a little bit of Hogwarts Legacy. I think that's number one right now. So, okay. but, but what I play because the, Paul devoured Dead Space remake. I left it. Uh, yeah. I played Dead Space before, so it's like I know it's great. I know it's gonna I be never there. Finished yeah. the first game, so exactly, I, I so. wanted to see it. Yeah. I mean, Forspoken right now is technically in the list just for the by default. It is, it is by <laughs> it default. It's just by default, like a number on. four right now. That's gonna be dumped, dumped out, like when all the other games eventually come in. And but, I hate uh, to say it too, because I was really hoping it yeah, would be a lot. I will say, Hi-Fi Rush before today was number one. Today was when I dropped it to number two for me. <laughs> so in 
we talked about it earlier in the show with Paul. I guess it's what are like you it's, feeling so far? Yeah, what are you feeling, Sebastian? Um, I have, um, you know, like I haven't played the Dead Space remakes, and I have yeah. not played Forspoken, so like I whatever can't. you're feeling though. Yeah. As, uh, what have you played though? Yeah. Okay. From okay. Played, I, yeah, from what you played of 2023 20, so far. Okay, so I will, um, I will say so far, Hi-Fi Rush is probably in my first place spot. I just smile every time I play that game. It's, sure. it's a breath of fresh air. I don't think there's, and it's one of those things to where it has, it's amalgamation of like all the things mm-hmm. I really like about games so far, and it kind of nails you know, a lot of those aspects. Um, and I can't, re- I can't come up with a comp to say, hey, this game is exactly like this, you yeah. know, like. I, I, it's um, it's like so mishmashy of a lot of different things, but I think it does everything it wants to really yeah, well. The style alone is like what makes me want to make it a number one. Uh, mm-hmm. As I was telling Paul earlier in this episode before you came in, uh, this may be just my me pro like I'm like a me problem. In like, I, I'm a big fan of combat games in the style of Devil May Cry. This is definitely in that style. I love I love how satisfying chaining ch- chaining the combos are, especially when you unlock the unlock the uh, the support characters you put in the right trigger. I don't know how many have you unlocked from those. Uh, I have three unlocked. Um, you're talking about uh, I've I've rolled credits on Half Hour Rush. Ah, you already finished. Okay, yeah. I'm a, so I'm in chapter. Nine. I'm in that boss fight with that. For your dress like shark from the, the shark. That's uh, that's a, for that that reminded me of the Katy Perry like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super oh, Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I need to share you the screenshot the left because shark. The, the left shark. Your dress is left shark, and you fight mm-hmm. and you fight this like singer. Uh, that's what I was fighting. That was like getting so frustrated when like you got like uh, share share him Paul uh, go to our chat and share him the the screenshot. <laughs> I you know the cool thing about the like one of the things I really like about um about um Hi Five Rush is like it feels like all the everything was a music themed like. Mm-hmm. Because like shy 808, those are Kanye West themes. Like those are mm-hmm. Kanye West like um like Easter eggs. And then you have like so many things in the game to where like everybody's name is like almost like a song, a uh-huh. name of a song. And yeah, I like that. Like like everything in the in the music theme is like so great. To me, it's more like I feel like this is maybe like unfair to the game. Is like based on like the style and the energy that it has. I wish this gameplay was more than just like going from room to room and clearing enemies and some small platforming and a, a tiny bit of like puzzle, uh, not puzzle, like environmental puzzle solving that like you mix the three care. I have three. Do you get a fourth character by any chance? Because you, I have three Peppermint, the big guy and the chick with the staff. Yeah, there's get... one more, right? Yeah, there's one more. There's yeah. one more. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, I like that. But if you know what, it, this game looks so much like just a radio. That it made me want like I wish like the gameplay would be broken up into like more quicker pace like stuff where you're like jumping around more. That's not just the cutscene because that's also in the cutscene. Because then uh, when I'm just playing a game that's just like the combat, 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 it makes me like realize: Do am I a bit? Am I really a big fan of like this kind of action-based game, or I like it when it has both the tight combat and it can bury the gameplay a little bit more? And so far, like because I was still in Paul, I feel like I unless. You tell me otherwise, where I'm currently are in the game, uh, Sebastian. I feel at least gameplay-wise, I've seen everything. I've seen like what this game is, in a way. That, to me, everything like that, what props it up is its style. So... Yeah, I mean, you're you're not wrong there. Mm-hmm. I mean, like once you do get like that fourth installment, so to speak, like that it does, it adds just another layer to like the gameplay and another layer to like, um, of, of like, uh, 
nah, I wouldn't say traversal, but like another layer of like level design to where like it'll give you another thing to explore th through that. But mm -hmm. like outside of that, you really don't have anything that it adds to that. So what you've seen so far is mm -hmm. like almost the meat and potatoes of the entire game. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. And I like it a lot. It's just that it's in a few moments, especially where I feel like maybe it doesn't happen to you. I feel like the difficulty is like spiking right now in a way that it's annoying me a little bit. So that's like dampening it, dampening it a little bit, but it's still a really great game. I really like it. In fact, it's like I like it so much that even as Hogwarts, the thing that I saw of uh, Hogwarts was like, damn, this is so good. And also hearing Paul like, because he played it more than I, did, than I have. I've put it like, about six to eight hours. Yeah, sure. I put two. So okay. So so that's why I'm like, this is good, but I don't want to let go. I don't want to let go. High fire rush. And yeah, I feel like I it that game deserves to be beaten by me. Like right now, it's like where we are right now instead of like waiting until later in the year where i'll probably forget it if we get swamped with all the things that are supposed to come out this year so but i, I, I really like good. it yeah that I, one's I, really good yeah so so yeah hyper rush pretty great it's just not before today before i started recording it's it was definitely my number one well, well like i think I my played. number two on my list right now is season a letter to the future it Ooh, is. yeah i forgot that that came out also such a, a million things game. that came out in that week, right? <laughs> Such what, a gorgeous game. That one's so high up on your list. Um, I think it's just the the narrative. Uh, there's a like, it speaks to me on a personal level because like, as a you know, like you're playing as like a chocolate guy, and I am you know like a chocolate guy, and we normally don't get to be protagonists <laughs> in the games for one mm -hmm. thing, and then like you add that you add that like it's a smaller indie game that is beautiful it has a really stylized art style but like the fact that like it, the storytelling there is like it has like it's not quite um what um what is that game it's not quite on um a level of like some journey well, not journey it's the i'm trying to think the the life um I got it on the tip of my tongue. Life Crap. is strange. Oh, okay. Life is strange. Uh, it's like it has storytelling elements from Life is Strange to where like they tell us they tell a story that's very like right on key and on point, just like Life is Strange. But like the way that the way they tell the story is more like streamlined and it's more like get you to the point of everything like that. So I like that, and I feel like. I don't feel like there's a narrative that does that has told a story quite like this in a, in video games and I feel like for everything that it it wants to do it does it on an exceptionally well level especially for a game of this budget. So I'm like when I'm looking at like when I'm looking at games I often think to myself I'm like how big was your budget? How what did you execute everything you set out to do? And you know, like what or some of the things did I find that I felt like I was missing something or like it was missing that secret sauce to, to really elevate it up to a higher echelon. Mm -hmm. And this game didn't feel like it was missing anything. This game, uh, it felt like it was nailing everything it set out to do, and it felt like it was so stylized to where like if you play this game at the end of the year, I don't think you'll like, and you're listing off of your top indies of the year, I don't think you'll forget to leave this off your list. Mm -hmm. Nice. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I don't I, think it's I, game I, of the year, but yeah, I think, I think that will be, especially because it was um, that was featured in one of the state of plays. I think it was mm -hmm. the one that gave us a Resident Evil full remake poll. That was I remember that was there be right before Final Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, Final Rebirth. Fantasy. Uh, no, not Rebirth. Uh, Sixteen. Mm -hmm. I feel this will be oh, like man. a big, a big like PlayStation Extra like game like soon. I yeah, feel like, I, yeah. I feel I like get they're, that they're, they're, yeah. So maybe that's when I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. Right now, there's so much, and also because I will be ready, getting ready for two other reviews later this month. 
that I have to savor right now my time of like being able to like play what I want to play. Mm-hmm. So uh, at least until February twenty. Do you have any others on your list? Um, you know, like some of them were were I was cleaning up some other ones from like late twenty twenty two that I didn't get a chance to actually play. Like one is a game called Arcane Veil. Vale. Um, Arcane Veil. Vale. Um, it's a game that came out in December of twenty twenty two. Fantastic smaller indie game. It is um, uh, I'm almost like a mixture between Skyrim, but like Skyrim and um, Stardew Valley, and it has like some Dark Souls elements into it. But it's all in this like indie. Um, it's almost like that 2D art style, and it's it's a game that I it took me by surprise because like it is difficult. Like I said, it has like a Souls kind of vibe, and when you die, you drop all your gear. But like you, yeah, you drop every single gear that you have. You keep the money that you earned, but all the gear you have, you have to go back to that spot and pick it back up. Like pick up every single gear, whether it be armor, whether it be like swords, yeah. all that sort of things. But I mentioned Skyrim. It's a game like Skyrim to where like it's an action-packed open-world RPG where everybody gives you a quest and everybody to a- and basically asks you a favor. But like you can basically tell, you can basically do anything you want in this like two D in this two D dimensional game. And I don't really see that in two D games a lot. To where you have that Skyrim esque effect to where like you're playing in an open world where you're playing in a game to where like. You can be a villain, you can be a hero, you can be anything you kind of want to be. And yeah, so it's a medieval fantasy RPG that kind of is just taking me by surprise. And ultimately, I don't think the game's perfect, but I do think this is like a strong 8 out of 10 or 9 out of 10, depending on who you talk to. So yeah, it is. It's a game that I think like if more people played it, it would have probably gotten into the at least discussion for indie game of the year last year. All right. I don't want to go look things up. <laughs> <laughs> man, just hit your boy up, man. I have indies for days as yeah. far as that. No, that's what I love about having you in, Paul, because, uh, I mean, uh, Sebastian. Sebastian, yeah, I got he doesn't yeah, want me in. <laughs> no, because <laughs> no, uh, you bring that perspective that me and Paul, I, Paul and I lean more into the big games, unless mm-hmm. I could, and an indie game really... Uh, stands out. It really stands out. And I think you are like our gateway. To like hear more, of, like hear more of those. Like without you, like what haven't I said would have been in my like in my radar. Mm. And now that's like in 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 March. So yeah, so, I, so, yeah, I cover quite a bit of the indies, but yeah, it's also that thing to where like I'm looking at like what is going to be my time filler in between those big games. Because like yeah. yourself, like I play those, but like some of those, like you know, I haven't played Dead Space, but I know I can mow through Dead Space and like two or three sittings if i tried you know like Mm -hmm. that's a two week kind of game so what do i play in uh, for the the three to five weeks where there's nothing there you know Mm -hmm. yeah especially last year would have been big for it was specifically big for that Mm -hmm. so what were you saying though Uh, i'm sorry to interrupt no 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 sorry no because we're gonna like uh segue out now (laughs) so (laughs) yeah because paul and i would been like recording for a while about uh three hours yeah three hours. oh my goodness <laughs> yeah, because we, yeah because we started recording the yeah. podcast and then we paused to react and that, and then continue the episode so so uh i gotta go make dinner yeah <laughs> so sebastian when can people find you man you already know you can find me at the single player experience podcast this uh, the perfect podcast for single player gamers to find out about good single player games to play we've um had some really cool episodes on this week including the episode where yours truly the mm-hmm. one of the hosts of this podcast joined yeah. us and, and talked about some really cool things that were happening and we reacted to the direct to the developer direct the same day mm-hmm. remember 
Yep, yep. The Xbox Developer Direct. Thank you for being on the show for that. Mm-hmm. And then we also, you know, like I also had a, you know, a couple of different things. We had um, Dustin Brady, the author of um, uh, the author of Trapped in a Video Game and Escape from a Video Game. He's a best best selling author on the show. He came uh, came on the show to talk about like some of his um, video game backlogs, how like video games inspired him to create um, his own. Uh, on almost like book series very akin to um captain underpants and different things like that so <laughs> nice. had him on the show recently we've um had the senior animator for playstation on the show yeah, you, you, yeah you teased uh, in your appearance back in january mm-hmm. that you were gonna have so that happened already right yeah yeah so the episode should be coming out really soon um be on the lookout for that we We've we're doing an expose into AEW Fight Forever, the upcoming wrestling video game that's coming out. We also have um, the top horror games that you should be playing right now. So I'm like, if you're in the mood for single player gamers, we got you covered in any state or genre. So check us out at the Single Player Experience podcast. You can find it on all your favorite podcast platforms. Yeah. And Paul, where can people find you? As always, y'all can find me at Dork of Art on Twitter is where I, well, used to post uh, videos of me breaking things, but it sounds like I might not be able to do that for very long. Thanks, but, uh, Thanks Musk. <laughs> that happens. Uh, I post art there pretty regularly or just retweet funny things. Alejandro, where can they find you? They can find me at A underscore Dorsegobia on Twitter, at A Segobia on Hive, at Alejandro Segobia 93 on Instagram, and my written content Whenever I write stuff there at thecriticalcorner.com and my reviews over at seasongaming.com, my forespoken review is live and sometime in the future you'll see a review of at Atomic Heart and Destiny 2 Lightfall by yours truly. So Looking Sebastian, yeah, Sebastian, always a pleasure getting to get you in whenever we can get you in. And Paul, always a pleasure doing the show with you. We're off to play some games now. So everyone else, stay healthy, stay safe, and remember. Press X. To play the next one, let's go. Yes, good night, everybody. Hasta baby. So that's it for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out to Alejandro and Paul for having me on the X Button Podcast and for letting me cross promote and publish this episode on the Single Player Experience Podcast. I also want to let you know about the Single Player Experience Discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the Single Player Experience Discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace!